The thaw is still coming. I'm meteorologist Don Paul. That was my announcer's voice. And the thaw I began writing about on social media and in the Buffalo News about 10 to 12 days ago is still coming. And no, that far in advance prediction was not a stroke of genius on my part. Uh, the evidence for the thaw began showing up in what are called ensembles of the models 10 to 12 days ago. Uh, these ensembles consist of many multiple runs of each model, each run with slightly different startup initial conditions, because we can never know the precise state of the atmosphere at the start time of a model. So when you run many individual runs of the model and put them together, you get an average and a range which is more reliable than a single run of a model in the extended range. And the ensembles tend to do better with temperatures, say 10 to 14, 15 days out, than with precipitation. That is a tougher call. But before we get to the thaw, which is not coming this weekend, let's get to the forecast. And for, the, for those of you not here in Western New York, we've not been anywhere close to the coldest part of the eastern two-thirds of the country during this week. Brutal cold in the plains, parts of the Midwest, but we had some brutal lake effect snow. In terms of amounts, uh, it's not unprecedented, but some of the Buffalo South Towns, densely populated suburbs just south of the city, and some of the eastern suburbs like Lancaster and Depew have had, when you add up last weekend's lake effect storm, which was accompanied by strong to damaging high winds, and the Tuesday through Thursday storm this week with gusty but not quite as strong winds, some of these south towns and eastern burbs have had well over six feet total, maybe over seven feet. I haven't done all the math yet. And uh, it's been a very tough week, but the loss of life has been minimal. Not that any loss of life is a good thing. And uh, our weather impacts from extreme weather here are far less costly, far more temporary, and far less impactful in the long range, like leaving damage behind that lasts and lasts and lasts, as opposed to many other parts of the country, like Florida, with tropical cyclones, loss of life, billions in damage, that doesn't happen here. But let's get back to the forecast for this weekend. There will be some slick roads around Friday night, and on Saturday, a somewhat brisk and very cold west-northwest flow will set up occasional multiple skinny streamers of lake effect snow off three Great Lakes. From that direction, from the northwest, you can get lake effect from Lakes Huron, Ontario, and Erie. Three lakes, no waiting. But these meandering skinny bands tend to leave lower accumulations than a single well-organized band, which was the problem for Western New York this week, coming up the fetch, the length of Lake Erie where the winds can pick up much more moisture off the warm lake surfaces. And yes, the lakes are still wide open, especially Lake Erie. As cold as it's been this week, we, we had a week ago today, a Buffalo Lake Erie temperature of 41. It takes quite a while, even though Lake Erie is the shallowest of the five great lakes, for that lake to ice up. Maybe there's a little ice in a couple of bays and inlets, but the lake is wide open. Uh, the good thing is that the thaw and a pattern change is going to cut off any threat of lake effect snow after tomorrow. And by Sunday morning, the big day, the game day, the game starts Sunday night at 6.30. Uh, and again, lots of shoveling to be done at the stadium in Orchard Park because Orchard Park has again been dumped on big time. And there should be a little more time for the shovelers to get out there for their questionable rate of pay that the bills are coming up with. 
But if you have the energy and the moral courage to get out there and shovel what at least is fairly fluffy snow, it's still going to be hard work, gang. Uh, you'll have a little more time than the window before last Sunday's game. So during Sunday, uh, for the early morning part of yours, you're going to be dealing with temperatures starting out in the low teens, about a 10 mile an hour breeze, the afternoon high coming up to about 25. There could be a flurry at dawn, but it will be basically a dry day and definitely a dry game. The afternoon high temperature about 25, readings in the low 20s for the game. But late in the afternoon, the winds will... Uh, begin coming in from the southwest, picking up a little bit, 12 to 20, so that wind chill is going to be significant. Uh, near 10, maybe 10 to 13 degrees, the wind should subside a little bit during the course of the game. So pretty darn cold, but not as harsh as some of the other playoff games and fans have had to endure. And then on Monday, we start to get into a southwest flow, and the breeze picks up, and that could help sublimate sublimate some of the snow that's on the ground. It's fluffy snow, and a brisk southwest breeze can take some of those snowflakes and change them straight from a frozen state into water, <coughs> excuse me, water vapor, skipping the melting so you don't get runoff from that, and that takes the snow cover down a peg. And then by Tuesday, uh, a couple of frontal boundaries near us and a disturbance could bring us some light mixed precipitation that could be some wet snow. I can't rule out a little bit of slushy accumulation. It won't be lake effect, but uh, with temperatures climbing above freezing during the day, there shouldn't be much of a problem on the roads, especially in the afternoon commute. And we could see a change over to just rain showers in some locations. Then by Wednesday, we should up to be up to or over 40 degrees and probably in the low 40s at best on Thursday. So this is well above the average, but it's not so warm as to produce tremendous runoff that can lead to flooding problems. The other plus we have is this cold has been brief so far, and there has not been a big buildup of ice on area streams and creeks. So we don't have ice jams in place. When you have ice jams on streams and creeks and you get a lot of runoff, that can lead to localized flooding problems. And that appears unlikely. So our warmth will feel nice, but it's not going to be for example, matching the warmth which followed the blizzard of 1985 and temperatures got into the 50s in February and produced some serious flooding on one of the creeks near Buffalo and in uh, the, the suburb of Amherst. Uh, and then the general trend for the remainder of the month is looking to be a situation in which there is no way for polar air mass to re-enter the lower 48. The polar air will be retreating northward with the lobe of the polar vortex, which dropped down closer to the Great Lakes this week, retreating north of Hudson Bay. So that polar air will still exist. It just won't exist over the United States. We'll have some minor ups and downs and uh, some occasional cool downs behind cold fronts with modified colder air behind the front rather than polar blast type air. So we're done with the extremes as far as lake effect snow for this month. Uh, the last of it should be on Saturday, maybe a flurry at dawn on Sunday. And we could have a little bit of a minor mess on Tuesday. Could be some rain moving in at times Thursday night and Friday and some melting going on. So long as the storm drains in your neighborhood are clear, there sh shouldn't be any serious urban flooding. But of course, some people have 
flood prone basements with melting snow percolating down through the soil. So you'll have to keep an eye on your sump pumps to make sure they're in good operating order. And just want to make a point to Western New Yorkers in particular who get down about our reputation being sullied by this episodic extreme weather. Our extreme weather tends to have much lower impact in the long run than the extreme weather which occurs in Florida. The hurricanes there have cost billions of dollars multiple times with serious loss of life. Uh, the threat exists into the Gulf states, wildfires in the West, rising sea levels along not just the Florida coast, but the Atlantic and Gulf coast. Uh, so we do have some extreme weather impacts and these kinds of episodic polar outbreaks can still occur, as I've written about last autumn, during the midst of an otherwise milder than average winter. And when this winter is all accounted for, it will end up being milder than average. But we'll all remember for a little while this very harsh and brutal winter outbreak we had. But unlike hurricanes, we're not seeing homes leveled. And uh, I'm not taking pleasure in that. I'm just reminding Western New Yorkers that despite our weather reputation, the reality is we will be more resistant to the worst impacts of the warming climate, which has been accelerating than most other parts, not all other parts, but most other parts of the United States. And uh, we, of course, also have unlimited water, thanks to the Great Lakes. So we don't have to worry about water shortages, but there may come a day long after I'm gone when there's some return migration from people in parts of the country where there just isn't enough water to support the population. You know, Vegas in the Southwest are stretching things mighty thin. And uh, that is something for the long-term future. So the big picture here is the worst is over. Still a little localized slick travel on Saturday from those skinny little bands of Northwest flow lake effect, and then a, a pretty decent cold, but decent day for and night for the game on Sunday. And then temperatures running a little above average on Monday, more so on Tuesday through the remainder of the week. And uh, about a week ago, I talked about signs that that lobe of the polar vortex might start to drop south again at the very end of the month. And those signs are no longer showing up in the ensembles. So I'm not saying we won't have any more harsh weather for the whole winter. I don't predict that far in advance, but uh, it looks like we are relatively safe through the remainder of this month and into the start of February. Thanks for listening this far, and uh, please share and follow. By the way, this podcast is available on all the major platforms, including YouTube, and all you have to do is put in the search box the name of the podcast, Don Paul's Bits of Blather on Weather, Climate, and Some Humor. So if you don't like Spotify, there are other sites through which you can partake if you wish to partake. Talk to you very soon.